Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your word is anointed, is elevated, and is going to edify us. We pray that you touch our heart and open our heart to receive what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say a big amen. amen. Okay. We're going to be discussing, I'm going to be preaching to you about the wisdom of ministry, part four. John chapter five, verse 17 to 20. Jesus speaking said, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Is it powerful? Then the last verse, that's verse 20. For the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Beautiful. The wisdom of ministry. Please take your seat. In discussing the wisdom of ministry, continuing from where we left off the last time, we started by discussing about reasons why we must do ministry. We have done nine reasons already. And uh, for number 10, which is number one for this service, we are going to consider ministry number one defines true sonship. Reasons why we must do ministry. Ministry defines true sonship in Christ. Jesus making a statement, he said, I and my father are one. So clearly you see that a true son has the same genetic makeup of the father has the nature and the image of the father. So a true son is one with the father. Praise the Lord. And when Jesus made that statement, a lot of people were angry with him. But he went ahead to say some things that even authenticated his sonship. In John chapter 5, verse 17, on the Sabbath day he healed somebody and the people were not happy at all. But Jesus told them that. My father worked hitherto 
and I work. So clearly you see that sons don't only have the genes or the DNA of their fathers, but true sons also do what their fathers do. Jesus is saying that I'm a true son here on earth. So I am working because my father worked. My father is doing ministry, so I am doing ministry. If you are a true son, if you are a true child of God, you will do what God does. You will love what God loves, and you will hate what God hates. If God is your father and God works, you must work. And we learned that God's main business for believers on earth is ministry. So, Jesus is saying that all true sons, they do what their fathers do. And God being our father and being the embodiment of ministry, the initiator of ministry, the executor of ministry, says that faithful is he who has called you the same will also do. You see that God is always doing God refuses to just be. He has decided to be doing. He created. You could have been, but he created it. So, when you're a true son, when you're a true child of your father, you do what he does. So, he says that my father worked hitherto, and I also work. Next verse. Watch it clearly. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him. Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. That is, your, watch this very carefully. When you want to assume your true sonship in Christ, people will not be happy with you. The world will not be happy with you because the world wants people to go to sleep. So when Jesus is working on the Sabbath, they are angry. When Jesus is doing ministry on the Sabbath day, they are angry. Because the whole world has been programmed to put you to sleep. Not to work. So when Jesus is healing somebody on the Sabbath day, they say, why, why are you doing this? And Jesus is telling them that, my friend. My father who made the Sabbath is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is working on the Sabbath day and I must be working. Ministry must happen even in the forbidden day. And if you are a true son, there is no sleeping for you in ministry. So when he said that, they said they were not just angry with him that he worked on the Sabbath, but they said that, but also that he said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. So, you can have the genes of God. You can have the DNA of God. And still fall short of equality with God. Until you rise to doing ministry. You, you have to get it. There are many people who are born again. And potentially every divine treasure is in you. But you are not practically equal in the realm of your father until you rise up to do ministry. 
My father worked hither too, so I work. It is working the works of your father that makes you practically equal with God. So you see that some believers are molested by demons because they are not at work. So holding the potential of who you are and saying that we are God as he is in heaven, so are we on earth. It does not, it doesn't make any difference until you are doing the works of the father. That is a mark of true sonship. So any believer who is at the time where he's supposed to be a teacher and he's still drinking milk, he said that he's a baby. He's not functioning. He's a, he, that if he's a girl, he's not, he's not being like a mother in the kitchen. He's still a baby. Even though everything the mother has is inside her, she's not functioning. Ask somebody, are you functioning? Then the next verse, watch it, watch it. We're just, so he said, then answered Jesus and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself. So this one that you say you are a son and you are doing things by yourself. Things away from what your father is doing. He says that the son can do nothing of himself, but what he see the father do. For what things soever he doeth, this also doeth the son likewise. So that the son is operated by the father. And has yielded himself to be operated by the Father. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. But people can actually set aside the Holy Spirit and do what, but he said, what I see the Father do, that's what I do. That is why you fall short of your sonship when you see that God will just show you a soul. He said, witness to that soul. Because God is already witnessing to that soul. He's watering the heart of that person. Is God talking to somebody here? And then he impresses on your heart. Now, move in now. Then you say, I'm shy. <laughs> you are, you are not a son. You are a, you are a gorilla. <laughs> it's like the spirit in you, which is in God, connecting with you to make you look like him. No, you missed it. So you are operating with another. So you are not following the image. Of what is happening up there. Because the father really works in the sons. Yes, works in the sons. So he said, what I see him do is what I am doing. And how you see him do it is that he will impress on your heart. He will put a zeal in your heart. Then you now you will find a way to water it down, put it down, do the, do the, do the. So that kills your sonship. And John chapter 1 makes us understand that there is power in sonship. So you lose the power of your sonship, your true sonship, when you don't do ministry. The next verse, we are in verse 20. For the father loveth the son, and showed him all things that himself doeth. <laughs> and he will show him greater works than this, that ye may marvel. So you see that one child of God is not the same as the other, just because of their yieldedness. He says that, the father loves the son. And he will show him all things. There is nothing the father is doing that the son doesn't know. If you are a child of God. The Holy Spirit has made us to assess the full counsel of God. The full mind of God. The Bible says now we have the mind of Christ. We know what is on the mind of God. And because we know that. 
the verse, put it there. It is very important to notice that. It says that he has shown them unto me and greater works than this. That ye may marvel. So you see that the child of God who does ministry, more things are revealed to them. And they do greater works. So they become greater sons. Yes. All sons are not the same. At least when God was giving credence to the person of Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I'm sure fathers are not always well pleased in all their sons. If you are my son, you are my son. But well pleased means you make me happy. And I am proud that you are my son. So there are many children of God here whom God is not proud about. Not because the blood of Jesus is not precious to him. You are precious in his sight because of the blood of Jesus. But your performance doesn't bring any joy and pleasure to God. And we are supposed to be instrument of pleasure. Instrument of praise. Unto our God. Ask somebody, when was the last time you did practical ministry? Is it the problem of the day? Ten marks. So the greatness of your sonship is in the depth of your ministry. If you are not in ministry, not much will be revealed to you. And you will remain a basic son and a daughter. You can only be great when you start doing something. So you see that he that is faithful in the little, the same. is also great in much. So when you start doing ministry, tell somebody, just start it. Yeah. You, are, you say, I'm born again, I'm a child of God. Look, it is not complete. If you are not doing the words of your father, if you love me, obey my commandment. It's not complete. That's why ministry... Is defines true sonship. So, you can be saying, I'm a son of God, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. If you're a son of God, what authenticates it is when you are doing ministry. So, if you are in the church, you must be doing something for the Lord. If you are in the kingdom, you must be winning souls. Every week. Every week. So my father worketh and I work. There are 12 hours in the day. And he says that work in those 12 hours. So every day we should be working. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Praise the Lord. Can I show you more scriptures then? In chapter 15 verse 8. This is Jesus talking. I have a lot to say this morning. So herein is my father glorified. That ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. So you can see clearly. That you qualify to become a disciple. When you start bearing fruit. As a son. So you don't qualify. Don't be giving yourself titles. A lot of people like titles. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. You should know what qualifies you. That the blood of Jesus is the entry point. Is what? It's the entry point. But I'm telling you straight away that matriculation is not equal to graduation. Four years difference. Two years difference. To some is six years, some is seven years. 
So many people never finish the course, even though they were for the matriculation and orientation. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 to 17. Very quickly. I'm showing you, this is Jesus' part, and I'm showing you something. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. Say fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. So Paul is talking to them and he's saying that I am your father. I have begotten you in the gospel. So now these people that Paul says is begotten them in the gospel and that he's their father. What is he expecting of them? Look at the next verse. Verse number 16 says, wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. So if you are being born to a man of God, to God. In the kingdom, you must be a follower. That's why you do what you see your father do. If Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In the next verse, <laughs> for this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son. I'm telling you that the sonship, there is an adjective that qualifies him. Who is my beloved son? And faithful in the Lord. So there are faithful sons as well. Which kind of people are beloved and faithful? Who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways? Which be in Christ. So true sons project the ways of their father to the world. That's why Jesus said that whatever I see my father do, that is what I do. That's what how I'm projecting him is that I am doing to project, not talking. You talk too much. You do little. My ways. So the question is, what are my ways? Now we have finished Jesus, so now we are in Paul. Timothy is projecting the ways of Paul. Do you know the ways of your pastor? <laughs> do you even understand the vision? Do you understand where we are going? He will show you my ways. See that scripture. Very beautiful scripture. Like some of the beautiful faces I'm seeing here this morning. As I teach everywhere in every church. As I what? As I teach everywhere in every church. Everywhere in every church. So Paul is saying that his way is that he's in ministry. He goes somewhere and he preaches somewhere. So if you are a true son, you do you go somewhere and preach somewhere. And bring the souls here. Do ministry. Everywhere. Doing ministry. Beautiful. Beautiful. Second Timothy chapter 1 verses to 9. I'm showing you. True sonship. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance. That thou stir up. So Paul is already telling them that Timothy is a son. And so now Paul is addressing Timothy. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Have I not put my hand on you? It says stir up the gift of God in you. The stirring is your duty. You have been imparted enough, but you need to stir it up. If you are true son, you will stir it. You what? Verse number seven. It says when you stir it, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Eight and nine. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nor of me his prisoner. 
But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of Christ. Be in ministry. Verse number 9. Partaker of the gospel who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our words, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So what Paul is saying that, stir up the gift of God in you, partake of our afflictions in the ministry. For God saved us, not only that, he called us to a holy calling. And this calling is for us to do his purpose. That's why I'm telling you that ministry defines your true sonship. It's very clear. Is it clear? It's clear. So when if you say you are a true son, you don't adhere to your own purpose. You must be pursuing the purpose of your father. Whatever I see my father do, that I do. Ministry. This first point is very crucial. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3. Giving you enough scriptures. Stop making vain boast. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. You, you, you have to be useful. You need a better qualification. We need to address you as a beloved son or a faithful son. In First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. So there are times fathers cannot push themselves again. And when that cannot be done, what, what is the next line of action? So when they could not forbear, he said, and Saint Timotheus, our brother, and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. So when Paul could not go, he did not look for an employee. He did not look for a stranger. He looked for a son. And that son, he qualified me. He said, our minister. Yes, yes. So there are many things I might not be able to do. But if there are sons here, if you are a son of God, Jesus has already gone to heaven. So you are on ground. The next verse. And he sent a son. That no man should be moved by this affliction. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. He went and strengthened their faith. He was doing ministry. Please ask somebody. Are you sure you are a son of this house? Ask yourself. Am I a son? Am I a daughter? And say by this standard. Ask yourself. Do I qualify? And be true to God. Or if you don't qualify, say mercy. Atonement. Atonement forever. Number two. Ministry. Makes ministry makes us functional members. Take it again. Ministry makes us functional members. That supply vital ingredients to the body of Christ. Ministry makes us functional members that supply vital ingredients 
the body of Christ needs to grow. There are vital ingredients the body of Christ needs to grow. There are vital ingredients the body of Christ need to grow. This body grows. Your body grows. And we are the members of the body of Christ. And when you are in ministry, the Bible calls you not just a member of the body, but you are also a joint. And because you are a joint, you are able to connect other members of the body so that the the whole body will function well. So, when your joint breaks down, the body suffers. You see some people that, you know them in the community, they, they have their normal shape. There may be a kidney breaks down. All of a sudden you see them emaciating, emaciating, and then they start changing. They become small, and then they wither. It might, it might not be the whole body collapsing, but just maybe one small member in the body. Maybe a heart, a kidney, a liver. Am I, am I communicating here? So Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 is a very powerful scripture. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Say, I'm a joint. Therefore, I'm a supply. Every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So to avoid the collapse of kingdom business, every joint must supply. Look at the scripture. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. So when you are not doing ministry, you are actually disembodying the whole system. You are, you are taking, you are just dismantling. The whole system, you can imagine when a car is going and then a tie, tie falls off. The car is about to somersault. So, the whole body is fitly joined together, compacted. Let's see the scripture. Very nice. Joined together, compacted, and you are the glue. That which every joint supplied. So, you and I, we are joint. I can move this hand. Because there is a joint here. Or else this hand will be like this. Is it nice? If you are in the market and everybody is like this. It's like we are doing boxing everywhere. But because of a joint, there is flexibility. There is proper functionality. Every joint must supply. So ministry is what makes you supply. That is every joint must be in business. If you are born... And a marrow, what do you have to do for the body? You have to do it. If you have to supply blood, you must supply. You have to supply some enzymes, you must supply. Whatever. If you are born, you must hold the body together as a structure so that somebody will be walking instead of crawling. You must be. Praise the Lord. When you don't do ministry, you are causing a lot of harm to the body of Christ. 
And look at the scripture again. Look at what he's saying. Your place in the kingdom. He says that, and every joint supply it according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. So every part has a measure allocated to it to work for the, the total body to function. According to the effectual working, there is something called effectual working. So when you are not doing ministry, you are not being effective in the body. You are a member, but you are not effectually working. You are an idle member. Ministry. Come on, say ministry. It's for effectual members in the body. Say it, say it, say it. And ask yourself, am I sure I'm an effectual member? Even in this church. So if, if you don't have any contribution in this church... Can you imagine what you are in the body of Christ, the whole world? Effectual working. Measure. Measure means everyone has the level to which they can contribute. And in whichever level you find yourself, there is a measure allocated unto you. Maybe you don't know, but heaven is aware that there is a measure allocated unto you for such a time as this. And you must measure up. 20 souls, 10 souls, keeping them, foundation class, church culture class, getting them to be in the ministry, Doing something, making sure that people are planted and they are growing. Your measure. In the bank, they call it target. Yes. You have a target. If you meet it, they set a higher one. You don't say, I met my target, so it's like the whole year, no? Pay me, I go to sleep. No! When they are meeting their target, they are, they are happy and sad at the same time. So you meet your target when you go, they won't even repeat. It's okay. It's like you have ability to do more. They increase it for you. Measure. But the good thing is that as painful as that may be, when there is profit sharing to you, know that, oh boy, when you meet your target, you can smile at the end of the day. Is God talking to somebody here? Let's see the verse. <laughs> it's a very nice part. So he said, when everyone now performs and delivers on their measure, first of all, it makes the body to increase. It makes the body to what? Increase. That's a ministry. It makes you a functional member that brings increase. You supply vital ingredient to the body of Christ so that it will increase. Not only does the body increase, it also edifies the body in love. So the reason why this world is lacking love is because people who are supposed to be doing ministry and effectively supplying their measure are not doing it. That's why the arm robber is still shooting. He's still killing somebody because the person to win the arm robber's soul has gone to sleep. So the guy keeps taking lives. 
So you come here instead of maybe we singing, assuming the sound man is not on the job and, and releasing his measure. You can imagine me preaching this morning. Like we are in a factory. Because even though he's been wired to know how to engineer the sound, he decided to maybe watch a movie and sleep by 5 a.m. So now that we need him here, no, he's now snoring. So he can be sitting there and not have positional integrity. He might not have positional functionality. There are some people, they will be sitting in a place, but they are, they are, they are there today, they are not there. And whilst they are there, they are not functioning because he's trying to keep his balance. I'm preaching, baby. So it doesn't bring edification when people are singing, they are prayed and the anointing has come for them to sing, but the sound is piercing. So people are listening, but they can't enjoy it because they are in some way, you know, so because you are not on the job. You have to do ministry. And the clap offering, the way you are clapping, your measure of the clap offering, I hear short. Hey! So why would you do ministry? I've told you too this morning. So, when we understand this, then now we have to come to some of the realities in ministry, about the ministry. The realities, realities about the ministry of working for the Lord. In Matthew chapter 1, where we started learning from, verse number 18, we learned that now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So here we said that before you were born, the Lord had already ordained that you become a minister. Do you see that before Joseph had anything to do with Mary, Jesus was already in the womb of Mary. You understand? Confirming Jeremiah 1.5. I knew you before you were clothed in your mother's 19. Mother's womb. In verse 19, he said, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. We learned that. People, we learned that the church is a cooking pot for ministry. And we learned that people who are called into the ministry must have a spiritual and a moral standard. Joseph was a just man. Mary was a virgin. And we also learned that even though the Old Testament has been done away, God's moral standard has not changed. God's moral character has not changed. So, if you are doing ministry, you must be just. Number one. Number two. Bible says that even though Joseph was not happy, he, he was not willing to make a, a public spectacle. Are you here now? So, Joseph was not willing to bring public shame to the ministry. That's if you are, it's something you should know. That don't let your attitude or, or your doings bring public shame to the ministry. Then, he sought to honor the woman privately. If I'm laying her off, I'll do it privately. So people who are in ministry must honor the Lord in their private space. 
And we learned that if you honor me in, my, in your private space, I will honor you openly. That's what the Lord said. Are we moving now? So verse 20 is where, where we're teaching from now. So when all these have happened to Joseph, it's going on in the Bible says, while he taught on these things. While he taught on these things. Mary was there. Mary was pregnant. Jesus is the ministry. So he had to protect the ministry. So while he taught. So people who are in ministry, the first reality we learned is that the power of every minister is meditation and focus on the ministry. While he taught on these things. So if you have been called into ministry, you have to understand that this is an important reality. That the ministry you have been called to will never be powerful. You will never be effective until your head is saturated on a daily basis about the ministry and how to do it. Joseph was always thinking about Mary and thinking about how did this pregnancy come about? His whole mind was saturated about thinking about while he thought about these things. Thinking, should I let her go? Should I keep it? You know, ask somebody, what do you think about? Nice, pa. Praise the Lord. So that's reality number one, all right? And the last time we learned about the power of meditation. Meditating on what God has given you. Joshua 1, 8 says that it's, it's the primary key for success and prosperity. So number two reality, because we've dealt with this already, is that every called person will have an initial fear about the ministry or the task ahead. Any child of God and all of us have been called. But when it's time for you to activate your call and do it, you will have an initial fear about the ministry or the task ahead. Why do I say so? Look at that verse 20. He said, while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. This woman that is pregnant, you paid the bride price, but you are not the one who impregnated her. Don't be afraid to take her. And I know even church brothers, they can't take it. They can't take it at all. So this guy was afraid to take Mary on board. Afraid to take the pregnancy on board. So the reality is that when you are called to do ministry, when you are being given a task in your spiritual place, you will have an initial fear. It is normal to have a sense of insufficiency. In fact, it is even arrogant for you to think that I, 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 I'm able to do it. No, because you have to be dependent on Christ and the grace God gives to be able to do the work God has called you to do. That's why Paul is saying that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And by strength shall no man what prevail. So naturally, we don't have within ourselves to be able to do the means. That's why you have an initial fear, initial jitter. You feel like, wow, can I ever do it? You have self-doubt and all of that. Tell somebody, it's normal. But some people never go beyond their initial fear. 
So your fear is not a measure that you have not been called. That is why in Timothy, first Timothy is saying that for God has not given us the spirit of fear. You can have fear, but know that it is not God who has given it to you. It's normal. It is to make you turn away from receiving the mother and the baby. The ministry. Hey. Some people have fear. They never grow beyond their fear. I can't do it. I've been trying. I'm not able to do it. You have a cell you are handling. Then the cell just moves from four members to one. Major. Now you now get to that point where fear makes you think that, look, this cell thing is not for me. It's not my thing. I can't do this thing. I'm preaching. Fear. Sometimes your fear will communicate to you that you don't belong here. Gideon was not only afraid. (laughs) Gideon saw himself unfit for the ministry. So the angel told Joseph that don't be afraid. Because one of the things you need to know is that you must not be afraid. Praise the Lord. In Judges chapter 6 verse 14 to 16, Gideon was not only afraid, but was also, he also felt unfit for the call. Verse 14, and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. Have not I sent thee? So God has called him, is that not so? Next verse. And he said unto God, he's talking to God. Oh my Lord. Wherewith shall I save Israel? Did you not see better people? Behold, one. My family is poor in Manasseh. Fear will make you start raising excuses. And the excuses will look legitimate. His family was poor. It's true. Poor in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. Did you not see better people? I don't think people like me who have been prostituted before we are the ones to do ministry. No. Too much a sinner. Fear. Next verse. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianite as one man. Go in this thy might. So he was not only afraid, he felt unfit. Say felt. That's a word I want you to really carry today. That You will feel that you are not fit. By the feeling of not being fit, God is not even looking. Did you see God addressing his, his feeling of, I'm small and my family is, did it? God just said, I will be with you. That is, God is looking at what he is doing with you, not what you are thinking. I will be with you. Go and smile. Go and do it. And in case you think you are too weak, I want you to know that I have put something in you that you have not discovered. Go in this thy might. So when you have a feeling that you are not fit and you keep that feeling for a long time, you misbehave. Hey. You misbehave. You'll be looking for trouble everywhere for yourself. Misbehavior. So this is number two um, reality, right? Is it number two? 
Every called person will have an initial fear about the ministry or the task ahead. Number three. Every called person will need a supernatural encouragement and confirmation from the Holy Spirit to carry out the ministry. Every called person will need supernatural encouragement and confirmation from the Holy Spirit to carry out the ministry. This is an important point. It's an important reality in ministry. The reason why many people don't go past their fear, their initial fear for the ministry is because they don't get the supernatural encouragement. Some don't get the confirmation from the Holy Spirit. And so they live in their state of fear, discomfort, uncertainty, doubt, because of the lack of encouragement and comfort. So clearly you can see that when Joseph, in that same verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, when he was thinking about these things and thinking about casting the ministry away, casting the woman away with the pregnancy and all of that, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, look, you are the son of David. This one that you are trying to do, I'm telling you, you are the son of what? David. Number two, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. This ministry, take it. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's encouragement and confirmation that the thing in the woman is not a disgrace. I confirm to you that God's hand is in the matter. And so don't be afraid to take the woman and the pregnancy. Take her as your wife. I encourage you, don't be afraid. People need encouragement to do ministry. People need confirmation to do ministry. Praise the Lord. So it is very important that people receive encouragement. So when you feel discouraged, it's normal. Yeah, sometimes you, you'll be doing something and then the thing will start not going well. It's normal. <laughs> and when it's, it starts not going well and you get discouraged, you now begin to think that this thing is it of the Lord. That's what the angel said. This lady is pregnant and the Holy Ghost is the one who impregnated it. Keep this thing. Hey, even though you are struggling with it, it is of the Lord. Your struggle does not make it fake. It does not make it something that is away from the will of God. It's not the will of God. I want to save the world and it's coming through the womb of your wife. And you are there and I want you to take care of it. Even though you are struggling with it, the customs of the land are against such a thing. I want you to know that this is your ministry. Anytime somebody has to carry the cross of the ministry, it it has some kind of discouraging effect. Hello? 
And you need that confirmation from the Holy Spirit to settle your spirit. That's why Job will say, though he slays me. That's why Paul will say that I am persuaded. (laughs) I am persuaded that in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. They will beat me, but I'm persuaded. I know whom I have believed is persuaded. In ministry, you must be persuaded by God. Are you following here at all? You must be persuaded because challenges will come. You must be persuaded. Let the spirit persuade you. That though challenges may rise, tribulations will come, offense will come. Be persuaded. That nay in all these things, in all these all things work together. Together for the good of them that love God and are called. So the fact that some bad things are working does not mean you are not called. The calling is still genuine. Praise the Lord. Sometimes some people get damaged in their calling places. Yes. But the call is still genuine. I'm preaching. Oh. Am I preaching? Sometimes if you are here. Oh. So many things can happen here. And it might look to you like leave the church and leave your calling here. But I'm telling you that this calling is still genuine and it's of the Holy Ghost. It's God talking to somebody here. You are challenged. So, in other words, do not be afraid to take upon yourself. That's what the angel was telling him. Don't be afraid to take upon yourself the ministry or the burden the Lord is putting on your shoulders. And John chapter, you see, John chapter 14 verse 26 makes us understand that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. Is that to what? When the Lord spoke to Joshua to take over from Moses, you see, we quote this scripture, but we don't take careful look at such verses. In verse number six, the Lord was speaking to Joshua, Joshua 1, 6, and said to Joshua, okay, you are, verse 1, he says, you are going to take over from Moses, my servant, Joshua 1, 1. And so, here is Joshua, and he says that now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my minister, Moses' minister, saying, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people unto the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now, if you have been following Moses and you have seen such a display of supernatural power, and such a man could not reach the promised land, which was promised him, who are you even to take that mantle and continue? What have you even seen? So God knew the enormity of this guy's fear. 
that he was seen an Herculean task. So he comes to verse 6 and starts addressing Joshua in another way. He says that, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land. He's telling him specific things. Which I swore unto thy fathers to give me. Even the one I swore to Moses, you are the one to do it. Be strong and of good courage. Tell somebody, be strong and of good courage. So one of the things you really need to do the ministry is to be courageous. Be strong. God, things will challenge you in ministry. Listen, most of the men of God who pray for people to have the fruit of the womb, I know most of them don't have a biological child of their own. Think it, some things will challenge your the ministry you say you have, no? Huh. <laughs> hey. It will challenge you. If you preach wisdom, wisdom, oh, then the challenge of wisdom will come. You will now, you will need God to help you make a decision that everybody will see that you that teaches wisdom, you are the capital foolish person. <laughs> he told Joshua. I have a lot to teach you, but it's like our time is up. So, so be courageous. Verse 7. And he told him, be courageous. Watch, God is still talking. Only be thou strong and very courageous. In two verses, how many times is God repeating this thing? Only. Verse 8. Watch it again. Let this book not depart. Verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. (laughs) It's no longer even a suggestion again. It's now what? A command. Tell somebody, don't lose your courage. Now, be strong. And now, the command, he now said, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. That way, you see, we can talk about the fear. What we normally don't talk about is the dismay. The dismay is the wear and tear. That comes as a result of your fear. Or even doing something over time. You do it, uh, and then the, like the Bible says that if you are not weary in well doing. So you can do well uh, and it will wear you out. So you become dismayed. When you be, see, being afraid is about facing the task. But being dismayed is about doubting the promises within what you have been promised. And he's talking, you are going to do this thing or you are, the promise is for you to di- divide the land. But if, when you are dismayed, it's like, but you are, it has also become hezu for you. Jesus Palaya. <clears throat> For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Is it powerful? Hey. Say ministry. ministry. 
So when you see somebody who is a successful server in the house, who is not bothered about offense and what people are saying and all of that, that person has armed him or herself to be strong and courageous and not be afraid. Hey, he told him in about, I don't know whether it's verse 5, he says that this one that I'm sending you, let me tell you, no man will be able to stand before you. He said, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And I want you to know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee and I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. God wants you to know it. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. So when you are believing God for some things and they are not coming, know that he has already told you that I will not fail you. When you feel like the anointing is not there, know that he has already told you that I will not forsake you. You are not in it alone. And sometimes you feel like you are in it alone. But he has already told you that I'm going to be with you. I will not forsake you. These are your weapons for the journey. Normally you are not giving money to start your ministry. You are giving a promise. You are giving a confirmation. You are giving encouragement. All of that should strengthen you. It's enough. The greatest asset of every servant are in the words of their master. Jesus did not leave us anything. The only thing he left us. If you love me, obey my commandment. Keep them. This book of the law shall not depart. The blessing is in the word. Your encouragement is there. Your sanctification is there. John 15, 3. You are washed by this word. You are sanctified by this word. So when you feel discouraged, you go back to the word. It will refuel you. Is God talking to somebody here? It really pains me because I wanted to show you the purpose of this spiritual confirmation. But it's so long that this service cannot contain. And I'll do that at the second service, God willing. But just suffice to know that every ammunition we need to do ministry at the level we are supposed to do it has already been given to us. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Say I'm in ministry. Say I understand it now. (laughs) It's powerful. Some people they think they are too bad for ministry. Nobody can be bad for ministry. The blood is stronger than any sinner sin. It's stronger than any weakness you have. In fact, God even calls weak people. The Bible says that he uses weak things to confound the strong. He's not calling any strong person. He's calling, he knows you are masturbating and he has still called you. And as you are doing the ministry now, the masturbation will jump out. Because, because anointing cannot be upon your masturbation is still on ground. It, it will jump out. You, 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 see, you see that as you are thinking about the ministry, your taste for masturbation will just 
wane, wane, dry, dry. By the time you know, three months has come. Hey, I've not done this demonic thing. <laughs> long time. It's gone. It will be gone and you will not even notice. Because you'll be so driven by another spirit called the Holy Spirit. And ministry is very satisfying, you know. It's one of the things I wanted to teach here. And the virgin brought forth. As painful as a virgin's whatever will be broken and birth will come. Once that birth lands, for the first time you do ministry, you feel some fulfillment. It was worth it. You will be singing like this, why not? It wasn't easy. But it was worth it. Very nice, pa. If you have not done ministry, pa, proper ministry before, welcome. You need to find a way to serve. To serve somebody, he said, you are not here to be served. You are here to serve. And that makes you great. When you serve, you feel great because you are great. When you are being served, That's all you are. You are not useful being saved. You are only useful when you are serving. And that makes you great. It's powerful. Praise the Lord. Not everybody will be preaching. But God has called you into ministry. To be a joint. Look at some of these joint. Some of them are here. 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 Some of you have been doing crack, crack. I don't know what orthopedics say and all of that. Some of them are here. Then you come here and you come to the shoulder. Then you go to the knee, your hips, your ankle. They are in different places performing different functions. I don't know where you are. Some of the joints are at the back. Some are in front. Don't say, if I'm not in front, I'm not a joint. No, you are a joint even though you are at the back. Because the front cannot hold if the back is not functioning. Let me tell you. Most of the visible things are not the most important things. Like if you see this my mouth going up and down. It's not the most important thing. There is something that is called a nerve. That controls this mouth. If that one say I'm dead now. You see me like this. Sometimes your value is is even appreciated more when you are hidden. Hidden things are valuable things. Hello? In fact, valuable things are not on display. You you have gold. What to do from now? Because you hide your dollars. You hide it. Yes, very important. Hey, very, very important. Has Pastor preached? May you receive the spirit of ministry in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Shout a better amen here. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. 
Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 877 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service. 9.30 a.m. for the second service and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries. <music>